The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Monday morning and taking a few minutes out of your day in God's Word, whether you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook or listening to this in audio format. We appreciate uh, the privilege you've given to us to be part of your day and hope that this time together will be an encouragement as we continue our journey through the life of Christ in Matthew's Gospel. We are in Matthew chapter 22. Uh, It is the triumphal entry has already taken place. We are just a few days away from Jesus being um, betrayed by Judas, going to the sham court, ultimately hanging on the cross. All of these things are coming up, and so he, in the week, in this kind of this week transition time, and so people are still, the Pharisees and Sadducees, religious leaders, are still attempting uh, to find some reason to get him in trouble, I guess is the best way to put it. And here's an example of it trying to get him caught, trying to make him look bad, kind of, they, they get these ideas that they think they found something that pins him where, they, like this one, they think this is a no-lose scenario for them. They've got him. Please remember, they saw him as a religious leader. Uh, they saw him as a rabbi. Um, <clears throat> they did not respect him, definitely did not see him as Jesus, as the Savior, as the Messiah. So you have to understand that they were always at a disadvantage dealing with him uh, because they were trying to capture um, Almighty God, and they're not going to do that. But let's, let's look and see the principle he teaches in this passage. And so Matthew chapter 22, verse 15, it says, And the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true, and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone. For you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, Caesar or not? So let me give you a bit of a breakdown of what's happening in these verses so you understand the point of the question. First of all, the Pharisees, what would be considered the more conservative sect, uh, you got the uh, Sadducees, Pharisees, the more conservative religious leaders of the day, they team up with the Herodians. By the way, the Herodians were not a religious group. They were really more of a political group really pushing Herod's reign. Um, They just didn't like each other, but they teamed up together for their hatred of Jesus with the goal of trying to get him trapped up, ultimately to get him discredited or ultimately to kill him, which is the goal. And uh, so they come up and they ask about this idea of taxing. Here's why they think it's a no-lose situation for them. Remember, the Israel people, the Jewish people, were under the captivity, under the slavery of Rome. They had to pay their own, you know, Jewish taxes, but then Rome taxes to Rome. Everybody hated the taxation by Rome. Uh, Matthew, the tax collector, one of the reasons he was so hated was he was a Jewish person working for Rome. Um, and, and, the, and these people would steal. They would take their taxes plus steal. It was all just part of this oppressive um, slavery by the Roman people, by the Roman government. And so if you, they were convinced that if Jesus says, of course you pay to Rome, well, that he was going to be hated by the Jewish people because he was standing with Rome. But then if he had said, well, no, of course you shouldn't pay your tax, well, then obviously he was in contradiction to the law of the land, which is Rome. And he thought, really, there's no way. Either he's going to contradict the Roman government, or he's going to say something where the Jewish people hate him. This is perfect. Let's get him trapped. Let's trap him in something. Again, remember, they're speaking to Jesus. They're not speaking to an average everyday man. They're speaking to the 
king of kings and lord of lords. They're speaking to God. So when you look at this, they're at a disadvantage. One of the things I loved about this is Jesus, first of all, you'll read, we'll see in a second, he was aware of who these people were and what they were trying to do. Jesus would never allowed the people to drive him emotionally. Now, I understand that he's 100% God, but I also understand he's 100% man. And yet in these situations, he could have been easily irritated by, by, by man. And we see this. We see, you know, when he stands at the grave of Lazarus, his friend, and he sees Mary and Martha crying, he cries. He cries with the people around him. We know that he, he had the human emotions, but yet he allowed truth to be that thing that established his emotions. And so we see this. And so he does something that I love, and he does a good another lesson. He doesn't state something, he asks a question. Uh, again, a great way to deal with levels of confrontation or things like that, ask questions. Um, bring up more questions. Don't necessarily just state a comment, ask questions. So here's what he does. Uh, verse 18, first of all, we see, he says, but Jesus perceived their wickedness. So he knew what they were doing. He said, why do you test me, you hypocrites? So he starts off uh, just pointing out exactly who they are. He's not uh, answering something. He's not trying to make a point. He's just saying, I know you're wrong. I know you're a hypocrite. Bam, he nails it. Um, why do you test me, you hypocrite? Show me your tax money. Show me the tax money. Uh, so they brought him a denarius. It basically was a Roman coin. Uh, it was about one day's wages. So they handed it to him, verse 20. He said to them, whose image and inscription is this? So he takes the coin, he points to the inscription on the coin. And of course, they said Caesar. I think it was Caesar, Tiberius, but um, they point to Caesar. And, uh, and granted, if you were to look at any coin today or any one of our money, any one of our dollars or coins, you're going to see some inscription, something, some governmental building and person on there. It's on purpose. It brings validation to our money. Same idea as this. If we were to pull out money, you'd see some president's face on there. Um, of course, they answer Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard these words, they were marveled and left him and went their way. So here's the principal answer he said to this. He says, who's on there? This belongs to Caesar. You're using Roman money. And they belong to him. You have to pay what the government demands. Right now, you are in captivity to Rome. It is your responsibility to pay Roman tax. Uh, and yes, it's not fair. They would steal from you and do things like that, but this is just a fact. So the first thing he says, there's two principles there. The first thing he says, he says, first of all, we are to be good, good citizens. Now remember, they're in slavery. They didn't like this, but I mean, you go back to, uh, I think it's, I want to say it's first, one of them, first or second Peter, where um, Peter speaks to the people. And as he's writing this book and he's teaching the people, he makes the comment that we are to be subject to the authority over us. Again, these, the, the authority over the people Peter's speaking to are putting them in jail. They're persecuting them as Christians, and yet we are to be subject to them. We are to be good citizens. And so it's not a scenario like we find pretty much in America where outside of some small things we see today, we still have absolute freedom to live as Christians. When I say small things, there are some small things where our beliefs are kind of being pushed and it's going to be harder to follow Scripture complete. But right now, we still have those freedoms. And uh, it's, so it's, it's, it's going to get harder, but right now, we enjoy those freedoms. So when we look at this, 
Uh, it's we don't we're not living in the persecution that they were at the day. So to live as a Christian and a good citizen at the same time was much more complicated in the days of Scripture than it is today. But yet, as it gets harder, we're still told to do that. We're still told first to be good citizens. Now, please remember, uh, God does tell us that as long as human rule does not require us to go against God's rule, then we obey it. I think sometimes we go so far to say we don't like the law, and so we, cl- we claim God, and then we jump and say we want to do it differently. Please remember, as long as human law does not demand us to disobey God, we, d- we obey human law. And at the moment, there's not really anything that at least is being forced upon us um, where we have to disobey uh, God's law. Paying taxes does not do that. But let's go to number two that I find intriguing. He says, render the things to Caesar, the things that are Caesar, and to God, the things that are God. Here's an, I read this this morning. I thought this was great. Um, the inscription on the coin was that of Caesar, Roman. We are Christians, right? We have Jesus' image in our life. So we should reflect as Christians Christ in our life because we are his image, just like we represent ourselves as citizens of the country. We should honor him. We should render to him. This talks about he's our ownership. He owns us. You know, we are our temple, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We know that. So we should honor him, we should respect him with what we have been given, with what we have, with our finances, our time, our family, our talents, our treasures should be honored and given back to the Lord. And that's how it should be, that's how we should follow it. And uh, so I encourage us, it's an interesting principle to look at. What we have, our time, our talents, our treasures, these are not ours, they were given to us by God. They are gifts given to us. What are we doing with the gifts that we have been given. Are we honoring the one who's given them to us? Well, thanks again for joining us on this Monday, giving me a chance to be part of your day. I do greatly appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week. Stick with us as we take the next few days and continue through the book of Matthew. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.